This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Bill Cates, the referral coach on the line. Hey, Bill, how are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I am awesome. Awesome. Great to have you on the show. You are an all-star when it comes to relationship marketing and all things and helping organizations really figure out um, that ever lasting challenge of how do I get clients and, and, and it's all about relationships. So tell us your backstory, how you got into the business and you know, what are the common mistakes you see many of us uh, happen and and do when we're, we're trying to grow our businesses through marketing. Sure. I've been, uh, I've owned my own businesses, businesses for over 40 years and uh, had a couple of book publishing companies. I sold those businesses eventually and was looking for the next thing to do. And I, I just liked the idea of, of learning and, and synthesizing and then sharing what I learned with other people. So I got into this business of consulting and writing and speaking and coaching and uh, all geared towards helping folks grow their business uh, through referrals, introductions, uh, how we talk about our value proposition, all those aspects that, that I kind of put under the banner of relationship marketing because it's all about the relationship. And it doesn't mean that, you know, digital marketing can't fit under relationship marketing. It, it can, if you do it the right way, uh, without question. And the biggest mistake, um, you know, I think one of the biggest mistakes that I see is a lot of business owners and professionals are not focused and dedicated and committed to bringing in their new business based on how their prospects, their clients would prefer to meet them. In other words, we get enamored with social media. We get enamored with all kinds of ideas. Um, But how does someone really want to meet us? Right. Uh, Are they really going to want to meet us to a Facebook ad? Well, maybe, you know, I mean, it can work. Uh, So that's one of the biggest ones. And then I guess the other one, and I'll shut up on this soliloquy of mine is that, um, uh, you know, a lot of folks confuse or when, when something's not working as well as they'd like it to be working, the first thing they do is they just, they throw more tactics at the situation. You know, maybe I need to, to do this or that, but when really it could be the strategy and the principles that they're following aren't sound in the first place. Uh, so those are two, two of the main things I see. Yeah, there's a lot of gold in there, and we'll dive into some of those things. You know, the last thing you had mentioned about, okay, something's not working. All right, let's just throw some stuff at it. And a good analogy that I use a lot of times is you have a house and you have a leaky roof. So mm-hmm. what, you know, what you do is the proper way to do it is, you know, strip off the shingles, get down to the wood, see if there's problems with the wood, um, replace either you know, a few of the beams or maybe you have to replace the whole roof uh, to address the leak. But, you know, the example you gave is basically, well, we'll just put more shingles on and that'll stop it. And next thing you know, you've got like five layers of shingles and you still have a problem. You've got something that underneath it still isn't working and you've got all this extra stuff that's not helping anything at all. And it's, and I think that's a common mistake that a lot of businesses make is they, 
they think, well, this is the way to do it. I'm going to do it. You know, Facebook ads, for example. Okay, I'm going to just go crazy on Facebook ads and spend a bunch of money on it without really knowing who their who their client truly is. And I love, you know, the analogy you gave is you know, how does your customer want to be reached? Do they want to be reached face to face, phone call, postcard, Facebook ad, over coffee, storefront? Could be a lot of different things, but um, you know, putting all your eggs in into one basket and expecting all of your customers to be there when you may not even know if they go there <laughs> is uh, is a big thing. And I think a lot of people have made uh, Mr. Zuckerberg very very wealthy because of you know ads that quite frankly didn't work because they weren't targeted in the right way and you know main you know for some cases they may not be the right platform for people to be advertising on in the first place it is true so when you encounter a business that is struggling with their marketing and they've got a rock solid product or service that you know makes sense it's like yeah this should do well in the marketplace mm -hmm. you know what are some of the first things that you do to kind of help them have a little bit more awareness on, on you know, what they should be approaching and, and some different techniques that they should really be open to and, and engaging you know, potential clients and, and obviously strengthening the, the client relationships they already have. Yeah, the first thing I, I, I look at is the, the match of the, the product or service to the market. Uh, you know, is, have they picked the right market? Do they have a well-defined market? Is it too broad? Um, you know, a lot of businesses make the mistake of thinking or erring on the side of being broader, uh, not wanting to give up some segment of the market. But the problem is when you do that, it actually weakens your value proposition and weakens your messaging. And so you end up having weak messaging that's not as targeted and it's not as successful. Now, it doesn't mean you can't go after a broad market but usually you want to define, divide your market into subdivisions. And so you don't go after everybody all the same way. Um, and it's almost little business units within your business. So that's the first thing I look at is it, are they matching the right product with the right market? What's the problem they solve? And uh, I would, I remember I'm writing a new book now around this and, and I, I was talking to a, very successful venture capitalist, a guy named Michael Scott in, um, uh, in the Boston area. And he says to me, he says, Bill, so what do you, what do you think is the, the number one failure of, uh, of small businesses? And, you know, feeling kind of cocky, I said, well, you know, not having the right market. And he says, no, that's the second reason. Guess again, I said, uh, I don't know, you tell me, he says, not knowing what problem they solve or, not solving a big enough problem. And if the problem isn't big enough, isn't urgent enough, isn't critical enough. So he makes this distinction between an aspirational problem and a critical problem. And a lot of times we're, we're you know, when we, when we uh, market to opportunities, there's usually a problem underlying an opportunity, but it's aspirational. It's nice to do. It's not must to do. But when you have a product, a service that's targeted towards critical problems, things that must be solved, there's a timeline to it, there's government regulations, whatever, you're in a much stronger position. So I look at what problem, you know, is this business trying to solve? Is it a critical problem? 
And the other thing I look at is does the, does the customer, the pr prospective customer know they have the problem? Because if they don't know they have the problem, now you're doing what Michael calls missionary selling. It's, it's, you got to go deeper. It doesn't mean you can't do it. You can, but you've got to find ways to quickly expose that problem. So you have someone who's going to stay with you and, and talk to you about it. But you know, if you haven't, uh, what he would call a, uh, a latent aspirational problem, right? They don't know they have it and it's not really that critical. Uh, you're going nowhere. So are you solving the right problem? Is it a big enough problem? Uh, you know, that's one of the things that, that we like to talk about too. As you know, a lot of business owners are enamored with their product and service and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But because of that, they, they see everything through their own eyes and not through their prospects or customers eyes. And it's a crucial thing. And, you know, many of us consultants will get into a business because they brought us in to help them with a problem. And we get in there and we, we lift up the rock and we look underneath that rock and we go, Ooh, wow. And it's our, you know, it's our duty to bring it to their attention, but you know, do it in a way where it's not like you, you said, you know, missionary selling, but it's okay. Yes, we're here on this, but I've discovered this. And based on my experiences, when you address this, it will correct these other things as well. Do we want to look at this now or should we finish what you brought me in for? And then we can circle back to this at some point, unless there's something in there that would, you know, make your work next to impossible to accomplish because of whatever is festering underneath this rock. Then again, you, you, you say, okay, well let's you know, modify the scope a bit because the last thing you want to do, and it does, you know, bring you know some bad will basically to a lot of consultants is they'll go in and they'll say, yeah, we're going to go in and do this, but we know they've got this and we'll, we'll upsell them and you know, we'll be, we'll be set for a while. And that's, <laughs> not, that's not, that's not the way to go about business and it doesn't, it doesn't get you referrals. It doesn't, you know, and that's again, you know, one of the, the, you know, the best, the best forms of advertising in my opinion is referrals because it, it builds in the no like and trust factor. And when you get a referral from a business, they go, Oh, well, if, if, if they're dumb enough to hire you, I guess I'm dumb enough too. <laughs> and so, yeah, I definitely want to dive into the, on the referral sure. side of things. Sure. You know, it, it, the things I find about that is it, it cuts through a lot of the investigative things. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. When you get a referral from, a colleague or a similar organization that's, you know, has, you know, similar challenges or, or issues that your organization does. So how do you, how do you coach businesses to give you the right referral? And I, that's a big thing because, mm. you know, you, you know, I've got referrals, you know, from time to time and, and, you know, sometimes I, I feel like, okay, you gave me a referral to teach this individual how to, um, ballroom dance and I can barely do left, right. Um, so I'm not the right person for this, but you know, how do you, how do you coach people you know, on, on, on the fine art of referrals and, and what, what the best way is to, you know, to one, to get them and then also to, to provide them. Sure. Well, there's, there's a lot you put in there and we got to unpack. So, um, you know, the first thing you asked was how do you make sure you get referred to the right people? And um, that's all about teaching your referral source 
uh, of who you serve the best. And so, first of all, number one, you better know that, uh, who you serve the best, who is your persona, who is your ideal client. In a book I'm writing now, I call it a right fit client. And so knowing who you serve the best and knowing who you're trying to, to, uh, uh, to pursue, if you will, or to attract your uh, business is, is critical. And you want to teach your referral sources because if you don't, uh, if they refer, if they make introductions, then they may not be the right ones. And then either you're going to take on business you shouldn't, which is, in my mind, a lose-lose situation, um, or you're you're going to not you know get any of the right people, not get any at all. You just you, you just got to make sure that people know. So what I like to do uh, and recommend is early in a new relationship is to teach our prospects, teach our clients, customers who we serve the best. So Michael could, you know, it could be uh, something like this, you know, Michael, as we work together, it's, you know, it's possible you may identify other folks that you think should be aware of the work I do. And uh, gosh, if that ever comes up and you feel like introducing me, I, it's wonderful. I'm never too busy to see if I can be a resource for others. And uh, if you don't mind, let me share with you kind of our, our, who we serve the best these days, who our business is geared towards. And it's people much like yourself and then da da da. And then I, you know, compliment them and, and then keep going. So I'm, I'm planting the seed for the possibility of introductions by, and by educating you on who I serve the best. So that's one way to do it. Another way to do it is if someone thinks of someone and you're there uh, or you bring it up and ask for introductions, you still want to qualify. You still want to say, oh, let's talk about your friend. Let's talk about your uh, past business partner and see if it makes sense for us to be talking. You know, never assume it's the right match always be in a qualifying mode. And by being in a qualifying mode, number one, you're going to uh, increase the chances of getting introduced to the right people. And you're teaching, you're educating your referral sources at the same time. Uh, so it, it, it's basically about being comfortable and confident in the space of referrals and introductions is how you get the right ones and and seeing yourself as a connector you're someone who connects others you help them through connection and you get connected and you get connected to the right people so you also asked about you know you know asking for referrals and how do you get into that place of being comfortable because you know a lot of people aren't comfortable that's one of the reasons i'm in business and they don't they don't want to look needy they don't want to look like they're pushing uh, all, all that kind of stuff. And, and so uh, what we have to understand is this isn't rocket science. Um, this is really just a matter of being confident. And one of the things I try to do in the work that I do is help people become more confident around this. Um, so if you want, we can, we can jump into that, what it looks like, you know, how, oh. you know, how we might ask someone. Is that all right? Yeah, definitely. Oh, good. Uh, so, here, here's the here's the best way to ask for a referral slash introductions. And let me make a, a distinction real quick because I'm, I'm kind of using the word referrals and introductions interchangeably. But uh, what we really want uh, is to get introduced, right? We want an introduction. We The, the old referred lead, the old call George, use my name doesn't work so well anymore because George doesn't pick up his phone and George is wondering why their friend gave their name out to someone that they don't know. And and so it just doesn't work. So we got to get connected. It could, it could be in person. It could be with an email introduction. There's a lot of different ways to get connected. Um, so 
for everyone listening to this interview right now, when you're with a prospect or a client or a center of influence, please use the word introductions. Uh, let's talk about who you might be able to introduce me to, or you know, let's talk about how you introduce me to Laura so she feels comfortable with this. And so it's all the word introductions. With that said, I'll go back and forth a little bit. So the best way to do this is to identify people in your clients' lives who could be candidates for the work you do. Uh, see, the mistake that people make when they ask is they usually throw it open to the whole universe. They'll say, who do you know we can help? And they don't picture anybody in their mind's eye and they go, I don't know, I'll give it some thought, I'll let you know, or give me some of your cards, I'll carry them with me or whatever. And so it, does, it usually fizzles. And here's the deal, you can't be introduced to everybody, you can only be introduced to somebody. So the bullseye in, in all of this is coming to the conversation with one or two or three specific individuals you know your referral source knows. And it could be from paying attention in previous meetings to you know their, their, uh, how you met them and who they know and, and what circles they move in. It depends on the nature of your business. It's going to change a little bit depending on your business model. Uh, you could look on LinkedIn. You could look in a a directory of their industry association, if they sit on the board of directors of an industry association. But quite often, uh, our clients will mention other people, and we just put it in our inventory, right? There's an, we create an inventory of possible introductions for any given client. And that's the bullseye. That's the easiest, most comfortable, most effective way. You know, how do you feel about introducing me to, 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 to Paul Jones, right? Um, so on the target, that's the bullseye. This, the next ring out on the target could be categories. And, and every business is different, so every business has different categories. But um, think of the business you have and what are the types of events, uh, life events, business events, what are things going on in your prospects' lives and business that might make their radar you know, a little more receptive to learning about you? And those are the kind of categories that I, I'm talking about. So I do a lot of work with financial advisors, financial professionals. And so uh, in one of the categories they think about is money in motion. Someone is inheriting or selling a business, uh, some sort of money in motion. And obviously someone who has money in motion is maybe going to have their radar out for a financial advisor. Maybe they have one, but they're not really thrilled with who they're working with. And now they got this big chunk of money in motion now's the time to maybe consider someone else. And these types of categories that every business has um, is, is not the bullseye, but it's pretty darn close. And uh, it's another way to go. So, so the key here in, in this request for introductions really is coming prepared, not winging it, not throwing it open to the whole universe, thinking through who do I know this person knows, who are they connected with, uh, and then taking it from that spot. I love the introduction component of it because, yeah, people hear referral and they, you know, they have a, a thought process about that. But mm -hmm. an introduction is just an introduction. There's no, there's no obligation. It's you know, okay. Let's let's have a conversation. And when you're introduced to somebody or someone is going to be introduced to you, once you know that and you're going to have, you know, a conversation. And one of the things that, that I do that makes a big difference, I think is you know, get to know 
who that person is. You know, it's with online access and everything like that. It's not difficult to find out about somebody. Now, of course, in the conversation, and you you alluded to this earlier, you know, get to know, you know, why are you introducing me to this person, or why why did you think of this person? What's what's going on in in their their lives or their organization where you think I'm going to be able to help them? Yes. So absolutely. that way, when you're having that conversation with a group or that individual, you already have a, a basic understanding of a pain point that they have. And if you go in and start talking with that person with the, I already understand one of your pain points and we just met, all of a sudden, it that just takes off several layers of, okay, I don't really know this person. It's more of a, wow, Bill gets me. Bill knows what I'm going through. All right. I, I, I like Bill and now I'm getting to know him and okay, now I'm getting to trust him. And, and when, when you have the no like and trust kick in, then the, the, the world's your oyster, you know, it's just basically, okay, let's, let's see how we can work together and, and, and make things better for everybody involved. Yes. I mean, what you just mentioned is, is why referrals slash introductions work. It's borrowed trust. We borrow the trust in one relationship long enough to earn our own trust in, in the new relationship. And, uh, you know, you hit on something I think is very important, uh, a, a kind of a magical question that I've been teaching for a long time. Um, what's going on in his life, her life, their life, whoever you're getting introduced to? What's going on in their life that's important to them right now? Or what's going on in their business that's important to them right now if you're doing B2B? And... Uh, whatever that is, whatever is, you know, the forefront of their life or business radar uh, should be the reason for getting introduced. Uh, this is why you're getting introduced. This is your approach to them. Uh, there's two types of research we can do. There's cold research, which is going to their LinkedIn profile, their website page and all that. And that's good. That can be very valuable uh, research. And then there's warm research, which is the information that usually you can only learn from someone who knows them. In this case, your referral source. And so uh, asking those types of questions, here's another question that's nice to ask is, what do you like or admire about them? Or what do you respect about them? And they'll tell you sometimes the things that you have in common. And it's just, it, you, you're gonna start off in a better place, right? And why is this important? Because one of the biggest uh, factors or dynamics going on in marketing and attracting people into our world is empathy. Our prospects need to get the sense that we know them. This is one of the ways we, we set ourselves apart a little bit. This is how we cut through the noise uh, and get their attention is the fact that we know them a little bit. Narrowing our market will help us do that as well. But what we learn from our referral source will help us. Uh, and how we get introduced based on that and how we follow up is so that whole concept of empathy is is pretty critical. Now, what's what's the fastest line, straightest line to relevance in, in someone else's world? Right. In, in, in your best prospect, what's the fastest way to be relevant to them? Well, an introduction from someone they trust. There are other ways to become relevant, but without question, that's the fastest. And when we couple that with some research, it's a very powerful combination. Yeah, because again, it, it takes it takes the business out of it. Because everybody, there's always that. Whenever you get a you know a, 
a sales inquiry or something like that. Your, your eyes kind of roll or, you know, for LinkedIn, for example, you, you connect with somebody and then you, you, you set the countdown timer for the sales pitch to come <laughs> three, two, one. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, 40, you know, paragraphs long and you're going, look, you know, I took three semesters of typing in high school for two reasons. Number one, because I knew that learning to type faster would probably serve me in my career, which I was spot on. And two, typically I would be the only boy in the class. So, um, and as a high school kid, that's not a bad thing. Uh, so, I mean, you know, statute of limitations, I've been out of school long enough, so I won't get in trouble for that. But, but again, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you, know, you see 18 paragraphs or whatever in the email and you're like, okay, that was a cut and paste. Okay. That wasn't tailored to me. They didn't, there's no way they had enough time to look at my profile to know who I am. Um, and here they are, you know, pimping their, their, you know, grow your LinkedIn connection thing or get, you know, I'm like, okay, you're, you're going about it in a wrong way type of thing. So yeah, you just, it's almost the point where I'll see a connection. I'm like, oh yeah, they're going to, they're looking for something. It's like, they don't, yeah, I don't think they really want to get to know me because they're burned out or stressed or anything like that. It's mm -hmm. something completely different. So it's the same thing. You know, when you get an introduction to somebody and you have a conversation, you, you know, as human beings, we, you know, we, we seek to understand each other and figure out, okay, where are there some commonalities could be, Hey, you know, we, we both like, you know, the same sports teams or we both frequent the same restaurants or we, we, we both been to a particular resort somewhere. And, you know, there's people long for those commonalities to make us feel like we're not the only person that's ever gone to those places. So when you get that, it just, it makes the conversation more humanistic, I guess is a good way to put it. And, and in all likelihood, you know, it increases the likelihood of if there is a way to work together, you will. Well, we, we trust people more. We tend to, uh, uh, with whom we have something in common. So gosh, I can't remember where I read this. It might've been Robert Caldini's uh, book influence, but it was talking about, you know, let's say you're, you're in, in France and you're looking for a restaurant and you go to a Frenchman, French woman, you say, what's the best restaurant? They go, oh, you want to go, da, 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 da. you know, that's, then that was my German accent. But anyway, uh, so, you know, you get a recommendation from, from a local. And then you're walking across some little bridge and maybe you're from Michigan and you see, you know, people with sweatshirts and uh, t-shirts on from Michigan and you go up and say, hey, what part of Michigan you're from? Uh, you know, what's a good restaurant to go to? And they recommend something and you go there you know, rather than what the local recommended. There's just something about when you have something in common with people, there's just a little bit more trust. It just seems to be human nature. And, and you know, I guess, uh, you know, it, it, that could be misplaced. You have to be careful, but it's just, it's just the way it works. So that's why it's so important to do a little research before you reach out to people. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why to do that. One is so you're more relevant. Another is because you have that thing in common, which creates trust. Another is to make sure that, that you know a little something about, and they see that you're actually taking the time, that this isn't just a copy and paste LinkedIn campaign that you paid some kid, you know, 10 cents a name to do. Um, so one, one of the things I found, by the way, uh, and I kind of stumbled on this actually, on how to make LinkedIn work a little bit better, is 
is a series of really easy yeses. In other words, sometimes people ask too much. Like if you reach out to someone on LinkedIn and, and let's say you're doing it all right, you have something in common and all that, but if your first request is to schedule a phone call, that's usually too big of a yes for, for a stranger. And so you've got to think of what's, what is a smaller thing that I can offer that they might be interested in that's easy for them to say yes to, which is maybe sending them something, a checklist. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're a real estate agent, it could be you know, how to make sure you select the right real estate agent or you know, how to price your home properly for the market. So something of value, something simple and easy to consume. So it's a series of very small, easy yeses until people get a feel for you. And then it's, it's easier to go for the, you know, it's like dating, right? You know, you, you, you go out and the first time you just, you know, you, you, you make Google eyes at each other. The second time you go out, maybe you hold hands, maybe not, maybe you wait to the third date, you know, but it's, it's a series of small yeses. Uh, and a lot of folks go too, you know, too far, too fast. Yeah, it's basically like the first date and you've got the, you know, the wedding ring in your pocket and you're proposing to the girl and she she's struggling and going through her phone trying to remember what your name is. And, you know, you're real, she's really hoping that you will pay for dinner so she can try to glance at your credit card. And, you know, maybe she'll jokingly like grab it, say, I'm going to use this for later. Ha ha. And then she looks at the card just to get your name. And you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to give anybody any hints, but the, these are some tips and tre- techniques. If you can't remember your uh, name. Um, now, if it's your kid or your spouse, um, you're on your own for figuring that one out, bud. But at right. the end of the day, yeah, it's, it, it, again, it, you know, I, and I do that on LinkedIn too. If I, you know, if I'm connecting with somebody with obviously, you know, hopes to maybe connect with them down the road, you know, it's just, you know, get to know what, you know, what their interests are and, you know, send them an article or a worksheet or, or subject matter or, you know, and ask them, you know, you know, what's keeping them, you know, just whatever the, whatever feels right. Yes. It's individualistic. Okay. Yeah. You've got, you know, 6,000 LinkedIn connections and you're, you're hoping that you're going to land some of them as clients. Well, don't, don't do a broadcast. That's, that's just spam. Um, but you know, the one-on-one the and be different. Um, you're going to have more work than you'll know what to do with if you can differentiate and, and connect with people at a level that they want to be connected at. Yeah. No, no question. So, Bill, where can people find out more about you and the awesome work that you're doing? Well, I appreciate you asking. Uh, we've got a couple things. We've got a, a new e-guide that uh, all your listeners are welcome to get. It's complimentary. And just go to uh, multiplyyourbestclients.com. I mean, who wouldn't want to multiply their best clients? So, multiplyyourbestclients.com. And one of the things we're focusing on these days in my business is not just client multiplication, but multiplying the best clients, right? We're going after quality, not just quantity. Um, so that's one place. Uh, and then uh, referralcoach.com forward slash resources. A uh, lot of free things, a lot of reports, e-guides, checklists, scripts. Uh, I'm big, big on wordsmithing, big on helping people figure out the right words to say. And, and then of course they can adapt it to their world. But uh, we have a lot of that at referralcoach.com forward slash resources. 
Awesome. And I'll definitely have all that information in the show notes. So Bill, thank you again uh, for all the awesome work that you're doing and, and helping organizations and individuals really, you know, connect their message to their client base in such a way that they are um, more successful than they could ever imagine. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate the work you do and, and trying to help people not be burned out and get a little more balance. And, and I love your blog post about the, uh, your inner weekend, uh, you know, how do you get to that place every day in the, in, during the week, right? When there's all this adrenaline uh, coursing through your body and you're trying to grow your business and you want to go to the inner weekend where you're on your hammock. So uh, it was a nice perspective. I appreciate it. So I applaud you the work you're doing as well. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening.